2: Coach fans, welcome to the Fairstyle Podcast on a Sunday. Today we got a special guest on the shelf today, Coach Harvey Hyde. He's in a little bit under the weather, so we're going to give him the weekend off. A lot of injuries in the game. Coach Harvey Hyde goes down. we right off the bench. we got Taylor Mays, former USC All-American. is in studio. He's going to take over and try to answer all those questions just like Coach Harvey Hyde, we're probably in his own way. If you do have any questions or comments for us, Email us, podcast at uscfootball.com. Or if you'd like to call or text us, the number is 424-254-9141. We do appreciate you sending in all your questions. We've got a lot again this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Google Podcasts. Now they changed the names for all these things. Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio. Megaphone, anywhere you can get a podcast, please subscribe, leave us a five-star rating, positive reviews, all that stuff is great. Tell a friend, hey, you got some USC friends in your neighborhood. Just one homecoming, 4114. Let them know about the Peristyle podcast. We want to let you know about Taylor Mace. Follow him on Twitter at S Taylor He's a big social media guy. Huge.
0: Know. Hello. <laughs> I'm a huge social media fan.
2: <laughs> what's up, Taylor? Thanks for coming in. Hey, what's going on? So you know, just uh, texted him yesterday. Like, you want to come in the show? He's like, Yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Yeah, I'm down.
0: Yeah, you know, I was just at home watching the game and on my flight simulator. And uh, <laughs> so yeah, you know, if I could fly over there, I would. But
2: nice. Are you uh, are you enjoying this? Doing a little bit more media stuff. Is it? Are you having fun with it so far?
0: Yeah, it's been nice. I think it's 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 been a little bit of a change. As a player, I think you you do interviews and. I never really worried about what I was saying. I just always worried about <laughs> just kind of maybe the etiquette of it. If I was, if I sounded smarter, if I was just presenting myself well and yeah. then, um, I never really analyzed it though, exactly what I was saying. So now it's just kind of a different look and now I find myself watching games and watching the pregame and watching the play by play and seeing what they're saying, looking at people in studio, breaking it down, listening so. It, it's been a whole different experience for me now, but it's been good. Yeah, good. We're glad yeah. we're, we,
2: we enjoy having you.
0: And yeah, it's been good.
2: Yeah, so if you haven't heard him on our any of the stuff we do, we do the Peristyle pregame show that's on KABC uh, Fridays at midnight before each home game. So basically the first thing in the morning on game day, you can listen on KABC 790 AM. And Taylor does a segment with Keely Yore. This is kind of the first segment we've done just together. So, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a different experience. It's, you know, Yeah, I think we can handle it, though. Yeah. Ke- Keely's got, got her own style. I got my own style. Yeah. A little different. Um, so, we're going to start off with this is, we talked about Coach Harvey Hyde being down for the count. Man, USC on the injury front. Crazy. So, already going into this game, defensive end Christian Rector was out. Cornerback Elijah Griffin and Greg Johnson both out. Uh, Vavai Malapai had uh, the minor knee surgery. He was out. And uh, Palaye Naoteote, the inside linebacker, he was also out for this game. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of dudes. Yeah, it's a whole bunch. Yeah, that are out. And then in the game, <laughs> you, you lose Meneer McLean, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: uh, the wide receiver, uh, safety Talano Hufanga, who, you know, plays your position. You know yeah. him well. Uh, defensive end Drake Jackson, who's been an absolute star. Uh, and then, you know, you already had Vivai out. Steven Carr and Marquis Step both yeah. go down. So you're down to one scholarship running back. And then uh, Abdul Malik McLean, who came in and gets a sack and gets injured on the play. I mean, there's some big injuries in this one.
0: Yeah, I was thinking, uh, you know, injuries are a hard thing because you don't want to – I don't want to criticize anybody for getting injured. But at the same time, I was thinking, uh, do these guys need to drink some more milk? Can we send them some (laughs) calcium tablets or something like that? Because I just never seen this many injuries, and it kind of just happened back to back to back. It almost like it was a – bad nightmare or something when we saw two running backs go down and I'm thinking I can't believe that USC is having to resort to a uh, walk-on running back yeah you know at this point was that
2: weird to see Quincy Jante go in as a walk-on before Keenan Christen the the scholarship guy or a little
0: bit but I, I could understand that in a sense that he's been around a little bit longer so he might have a better concept of just the offense and just maybe a little bit more experience. But I was still surprised because being a true, we have true freshmen playing. We have retro freshmen playing. We have young guys playing. So I thought they would have just put him in right off the bat, especially in pregame when they were saying that uh, they wanted to get him the ball a couple of times. But like I said to you earlier, well, I guess we could talk about this as the show goes on, but um, I was just disappointed in you get a chance to go in the game. You're a young guy Young guys got to step up and make plays. You can't go in the game and fumble the football. And I, I know we'll probably talk about it in a second, but uh, no, yeah. that's what stuck out to me about and, that and situation. It's,
2: and it's tough. And you're wondering at that point, because Marquise Stepp came back in for yeah. one play, and he was trying to run on the sideline and he, didn't yeah. go. So if you're wondering, like, oh, we're going to put the walk on in until – Marquis Step comes back because we want Kristen to be – we don't want to play him, Yeah, save his red shirt. That's what it um, looked
0: like. They were trying to kind of keep yeah. him on ice, keep him on my ice to see what was really going on with Marquise. Marquise came in the game. I think they ran him on – I saw kind of like a uh, – he almost was just a, a diversion. Like a decoy yeah. or something, yeah. And uh, he didn't look good. He kind of looked like he was hobbling around out there. And uh, it's just a tough situation. But. Yeah.
2: So it's a short week. Obviously, USC plays Colorado on a Friday night. We don't know the extent of all the injuries. Clay Helton said they'll have an update on Monday. So, we'll, so we're will So we recording this Sunday afternoon. We'll have Clay Helton's conference call. And we're also going to do our Tunnel Vision show live this evening. And Taylor will be on that as well um so we'll talk about all that but on monday after practice because they're moving the practice schedule up, normally be tuesday yeah we'll get more of an update some of the stuff looked kind of serious like seeing Talanoho funga in mm-hmm. like an immobilizer uh there um drake jackson had a huge boot on his leg i mean uh, some of these guys were like i don't know and th- the cart i thought they're going to run out of carts like they were carting people <laughs> off Keelan shotgun are on the field and they're like Sweeting out pictures of the carts I'm yeah like, how many carts does he yeah, us got, he got have? a lot
0: of carts they got the backup carts they got the old the carts from the 1990s they had to get out that are still running on gasoline and and diesel <laughs> there's there, was, there
2: used to be a Keyshawn cart Keyshawn <laughs> i remember the Keyshawn cart yeah i, I did remember the, it was not.
0: at the well, i think it was at the practice field yeah it was, on the it was at the field. practice field yeah
2: um, so part of the injuries coming in there so Going into the game, you had Max Williams, the true yeah. freshman, starting at nickel. Chris Steele, true freshman, he started at one corner spot, and Dorian Hewitt started at the other quarterback spot. This has been a banged up secondary yeah. all year. Even the the experienced guys didn't have a lot of experience. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of starts among yeah, all of them. I wanted to get you to talk maybe about the job Greg Burns has done because it just seems like these guys are playing well. They shut you know they shut the Arizona offense down yesterday until like garbage time. Yeah. They did a good job on Ian Book. They did a good job on um uh Jake. Uh what's it? Why am I blanking on his name at Washington?
0: Um Oh uh, uh number ten. Um why am I blanking out his name uh, right now? Yeah. Uh not Jacob Eason. Jacob so, Eason. Holy crap. So he has a rocket of arm. I, yeah, that was and, all we were you know, thinking about. And he had hundred and eighty yeah. yards passing. So yeah. it was like
2: this is I think the secondary has done a really good job. And they're 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 not giving up a lot of big plays.
0: No, we I've been very critical of the secondary. I think from the first day that I went and watched uh, our Trojans practice uh, during training camp, uh, I've been critical of them. Uh, you know, I thought that we could play better, we could practice better, we could play better. But then I kind of take a step back and realize we got a lot of young guys playing. Yeah, I went back and watched uh, a couple games, couple you know games from my freshman year where we had. I was a true freshman. We had a couple true sophomores playing and then a redshirt sophomore. So it was a very similar situation. And we were making a lot of mistakes. And of course, to me, I was thinking that we were playing perfect. Now I'm thinking of it as we were playing perfect. But uh, I think Coach Burns has done a great job of really just getting these guys mentally ready to go because playing DB is hard enough as it is. And we have a lot of young guys out there and they seem to be playing with confidence. They make some mistakes but at the same time they've been pretty consistent and i think that just shows the it shows the level of depth that Greg Burns coaches them to it's been hard they've had a lot of injuries but it is very difficult to get some of these young guys in and get them mentally prepared. Because one of the things I've noticed about DBs in every DB room, they love to ask questions. Coach, what happens in this formation? What happens if they do this? What happens if they do that? And as a DB coach, you got to be able to fire those questions back out. You've got to get guys prepared to play. And we haven't had any huge miscommunication plays downfield this season. And I think that just shows what Coach Burns has been able to do with this young secondary. And when you do things like say, hey, no deep balls. We had to stay on top. If you get caught, go play the guy's hands and, and try to punch through his hands, and get the ball out. They've really been doing that. Guys compete. We could play a little bit better. We could tackle a little bit better. There's some things that we could do as we get more experience. But for the most part, they've done a pretty good job, especially with having the amount of young guys that we have in.
2: Yeah. You're curious how the how deep they can go because we did see when they when they emptied the bench yeah. uh there was there was some problems. There was a couple yeah there was a couple uh, big plays that were given up but yeah I think there was the, the last two drives from Arizona um you know with all the the scrubs in it yeah. definitely it looked like a different kind of team
0: Well so. even with Max Williams there was a, and this is one single play so it doesn't mean you know a whole lot it doesn't mean nothing but the play against the uh, University of Washington he was playing the nickel he punched the slot receiver and he got about 12 yards depth, sat in the hook window, and it literally was just a perfect drop that a nickel would take. And it just was one play to me. But I was thinking, hey, this guy's a true freshman. I saw that play, and I said, okay, this guy's got potential. He moves his feet very well. He slides. He has good eye checking to the outside receiver and coming back to the quarterback. And you can work with guys like that. So I think that is just – that shows – uh Coach Burns coaching these guys and being very detailed about because you take your eyes off the quarterback or you put them for one second on the wrong person and that can be a touchdown a lot of the times. Yeah, and uh, you really have to be disciplined in where you align and where your eyes are as a DB. And I think our guys are being coached to that level, so it'll be great to see how they progress as the season goes and as their careers go here at USC. Yeah, just not
2: having a blown coverage like just yeah. not doing that is a big deal. If you yeah. the touchdown to Tyler Vaughn. He was wide open, yeah. you know, like that's one of your best players.
0: <laughs> hey, well, that was the thing. Arizona's secondary, they had a, they had a true freshman playing. Yeah. They had some guys that were young and they really struggled. I mean, they they looked there were a couple plays where I was or I was thinking, what coverage are they running? Like are they even <laughs> the guys were just kind of I don't know what they were doing. So it we haven't had those same issues uh on defense. We have not played perfect. Course not. But for the most part, we played relatively well uh when it comes to not blowing coverages, and I think that just shows um Coach Burns has really gotten these guys ready and really did the most with what he's had so far this year.
2: Do you ever feel bad uh when you see a defense uh and you know the Arizona defense was not ranked very high coming in, uh one of the worst (laughs) secondaries around. Yeah. But I felt when I watched them, they've just played better as the season went on. Even the Washington game, they're just putting put in horrible positions. Yeah. Uh the average starting field position for USC in this game was the 40 yard line. Yeah. I mean, they were turning the ball over. Washington, their average starting position was the forty-four yard yeah. line. I I felt like, you know, they got four, three, and outs to start. Yeah. And they're losing as a defense. Yeah. Like, how how frustrating does that yeah. have to be for I mean, you've probably been there before. Well,
0: it's one of those things where you try and it's football's a team sport, right, so sometimes <laughs> yeah, sometimes you know you need your offense to score a couple of touchdowns, and sometimes you need to hold it down for the offense and only allow seven ten points, but it gets to a point where you just need help if they're fumbling the ball like the uh play on the fumbled punt, yeah, fumbled punt offense gets the ball back and we got to go back out there on defense sometimes that can be demoralizing for a defense yeah. especially for the big guys up front they're tired they want to go to the sidelines sit down have a drink of Gatorade and all of a sudden you hear sudden change everybody's yelling at you to go back on the field and, you're like, and it can just be a you know kind of like uh knife in the back to a lot of guys on defense because you're thinking you have this uh, you have this mindset where you say okay I got you know, two minutes, three minutes on the sideline, I'm gonna catch my breath, and then all of a sudden, somebody just, <laughs> just rips it away from you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, you know, so that that's difficult, but uh, I think the great defenses always relish those opportunities uh, where I can. I think I said this before. It's like being a, a Navy SEAL. We'll go anywhere. We'll fight anybody. You know, our backs against the wall, us against you doesn't matter. We'll go in, be specialists, do the job, and then get out of there. Yeah. So that's really the type of mentality. But it's hard to have that mentality when you have to do it repeatedly, again and again and again yeah. and again. Yeah. So.
2: And I, I, yeah, they played well. I mean, four. Yeah. The, you know, the first four drives for USC, yeah. no first downs. Yeah. And USC was still winning. So yeah. that's got to be demoralizing. You're yeah. doing your job as a defender. One more thing on the USC defense first. Kanai Mauga gets the start with uh pallier. Uh, no, it's out, out. 13 tackles led the team. He had a sack, two uh, tackles for loss, forced fumble, and an interception. Um, <laughs> he was, uh, it didn't seem all that comfortable speaking up in front of people at the, uh, the yeah. post game press conference, but you no, know, nice kid. Uh, I think he works hard. He's like the captain of special teams yeah. a lot of times. So yeah. you like guys like that. that well, we just- need
0: guys like that. And those, I think those guys are really the heart of the football team. You know, you have your superstars, your Michael Pittmans and your Drake Jacksons and those guys who are going to get all of the fame, but you need the guys that are the hardworking guys who play special teams, who can come in and play several different positions on defense, and those guys really are the guys that make up your entire team, and it was, I guess, exciting to see how excited he got uh, after the interception yesterday we were talking about, like, just... I've, I, I'm all about offenses, or excuse me, defenses, getting excited and playing with emotion. And um, our guys were very excited.
2: Yeah, oh, No, all our day. guys are very
0: excited, like jumping around. And um, I just like to see more of it, especially when we're talking about turnovers. And uh, we really struggled with those. Before, offense was turning the ball over. Our turno- turnover margin was awful. And uh, we seem to kind of get that back. I hadn't seen that, uh, that sword, sword yeah. in a very long time. I forgot what it looked like. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So this was the first
2: time I was saying uh, nineteen. It was actually so the last time USC won the turnover battle was UNLV the opener yeah, so we, yeah. last year. So it's this there was seventeen in a row without winning it. Yeah. So there was a couple ties in there, like the Notre Dame game yeah. was a tie. But uh, USC won this one three to one. So big deal, uh, winning the turnover battle on the offensive side obviously a lot of the talk you, know, you had Vavai out and you're like, yeah. is this going to be the marquee step show? Is he going to get over 10 carries yeah. for the first time? He ended up having 13 carries, 67 yards uh, with 66 yards and a touchdown. Uh, You know, his longest run was 14 yards. So it wasn't like a, a huge day for him, but it was nice to see him out there, you know, average over five yeah. yards to carry uh, Stephen Carr, seven, seven for 33. Um, You know, he, he had an all right day. He had a 16 yarder there, but, you know, guys get hurt. You see uh, Quincy come in there and and fumble. You know, he had yeah. one oh, carry. Yeah. That, that was not probably. But then someone you don't expect to see yeah. who is a San Diego, he's a California track star, uh, you know, one of the fastest players around, Keenan Kristen, the true freshman comes in, eight carries, 103 yards, uh, two touchdowns. He had a 55-yarder yeah. and a 30-yarder. And the 55-yarder everyone was talking about, I guess Mike Jinks said as soon as he hit the the hole, they knew. he said it was done. Yeah. Uh, they they actually talked about like this was a potential if they block it right, and you could see as he kind of was turning that corner and like that safety is not going to catch yeah. him. And uh, I, I
0: don't know what did you think of uh, what you know Kristen came out, you know. Busting on the scene. Well, you need guys like that. And if you have a guy like that that can come out of the backfield, it creates a huge mismatch for the defense. We looked at Reggie Bush for years just embarrassed defenses because he was so fast you couldn't put a linebacker on him. And that's what I see potentially uh, with Keenan. You put him in the backfield. You motion him out. What are they going to do? Are they going to use a linebacker to cover him? Are they going to use a safety to cover them? Run him downfield. Touchdown yeah they can't run with him, so I think the I think this game is perfect for him because it gets him the experience that he needs. it gets him the confidence that he needs and he played great. It's not like his his first game was five carries for five yards yeah he came in uh he put up big numbers that really can help a running back, especially a freshman running back because it just gives him confidence. And now he has a feel for what the speed of the game is like. And I would like to see him be used a little bit more on special situations and give him maybe a 10-play package, a screen play, a wheel route, maybe an angle route. Remember those uh, running backs will run an angle route out of the backfield where um, they'll push like they're going to the flat and then give a very hard stick to the linebacker and come back inside. It's normally a goal line route, a red zone route. But that's a killer route. I mean, running backs have scored a lot of touchdowns off that route, like Reggie Bush has scored a lot of touchdowns off those kind of routes. I see him being used as that kind of running back uh, in the future, so I would like to see that uh, more from him.
2: All right, before uh, we jump, we got to jump into the questions and have uh, Taylor Mays answer in his best Harvey Hyde impression. We'll maybe start out that way. But first, I want to tell you about SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It's as if they're so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. So what if their site's annoying and doesn't have the events you want? Hello, status quo. The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there's a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. In an industry that tends to stagnate, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. It's a much better process. They pull millions of tickets together from all over the web, and then they'll rate them on a scale of one to 10. I look on the interactive map on the SeatGeek app. I love you. You should download it. Check it out. Looking at USC Oregon, the next home game right now, you can see the little green dots where they're better deals. The red dots, not as good of a deal. You can even buy club seats on the app. Check it out. Right now, SeatGeek's going to give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is use the promo code USC. So download the app, use promo code USC for your first purchase and get $10 off. That's promo code USC for $10 off your first purchase. All right, Taylor, let's jump into some questions. We have a text message and uh, this one's from Rick in LA. He says, Hey, Ryan and coach. He means Taylor. Great victory by our team. Uh, young kid who scored the two touchdowns. Also a good story. We just talked about him, uh, but I have to ask why couldn't they play like this last week against Notre Dame. And I know that the upcoming game will be another letdown because that's just the way it goes at USC with coach Clay Helton. I seriously hope I'm wrong, but the track record says otherwise the team is playing hard and I will always respect them for that. But with everyone throwing out urban Meyer's name as a replacement for Clay Helton, I thought he left coaching due to an illness. So why him to replace Clay Helton? Thanks guys for helping us make sense of what's going on. Fight on. Rick from L.A. And real quick, Rick, I don't know if you've seen Colorado, but they look terrible. <laughs> they did they beat, they yeah. beat Arizona State earlier, yeah.
0: which is crazy.
2: The Pac-12 is drunk, yeah. I think. You yeah. know?
0: It's, it's hard because you have this team will beat that team but then lose to this team. So it's, it's really hard to gauge what's going to happen in the game going yeah. in because you just never know. I mean – It's just how college football works. And I think it's been how the Pac-12 has worked for a couple of years, all the way back, I mean, maybe even the last 20 years. This is just how it works. That's why, and he's talking about, Rick was talking about how, um, you know, why couldn't we play like this last week? Football is just a weird sport. There's a weird (laughs) mental, uh, psychological aspect that I think affects players and affects teams. You wouldn't think that uh, sound volume, being at home or being away, would make a difference, but it does for some reason. Uh, Being in an away game, in a charged-up atmosphere, little things like that make a difference. And that's where you need a head coach, you need leaders on the team that are able to keep you focused um, and just with your heads down working towards the next goal, because there's just a weird aspect about it makes sense. We can blow Arizona out, but we just struggled at Notre Dame. We didn't have the same enthusiasm that we had yesterday, last week. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's just how football works sometimes. And, Not an excuse, and, but. And it,
2: sometimes Arizona, and, you know, we've seen UCLA look good. We've seen yeah. UCLA look awful. Yeah. And like Arizona looked awful. Yeah. Like don't. Don't don't feel too great about yeah. this. Arizona was not, they, they did not play their no. best game, probably played their worst game. But you have to give USC some credit for some of that too. But I mean, they benched Khalil Tate. Like that's yeah. like you know things are going. That and the reason, Rick, that people would be mentioning Irvin Meyer's name, I think that's a legitimate concern. Uh, some of the people the insiders you talk to, if he was going to coach somewhere, like that that's a question, would he want to coach again? If USC doesn't have an opening right now, if USC had an opening, and Urban Wire wanted to coach again. It's a perfect match because mm-hmm. you know he's already in LA, you know, doing some work here. But you don't want to go someplace where you can't win a championship. USC is one yeah. of the few schools you could win one. But the the people you talk to, health is certainly a concern. He yeah. might not want to coach ever again. Like we, there's a lot that would have to happen for that to work. But as far as football
0: goes, he's the perfect hire. Yeah, he's 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 a hire that and. I'll go ahead and say it. He's a person that if you bring to your school, it just opens eyes to every recruit in the country. And there's only a couple coaches that really have that type of resume where they can commit to a school and become the new head coach, and it really could shake up college football recruiting. He's one of those guys. that yeah. really would, could it completely shake up uh, recruits, commits, guys could decommit. I mean, I'm not even talking about he could uh, – coach anywhere and commits will decommit and probably commit to the school that he yeah. will go to. So there's just a couple guys like that. And I think he's earned that type of uh, resume and uh, respect and, you know, but at the end of the day he's going to do what's best for him and his family. So it'd be very interesting to see kind of what happens moving forward. But I think our guys really have to stay focused on what they are doing, because when you look at, you know, what's going to happen to our head coaches, are we going to get another head coach to come in? that's when we have the mistakes like Notre Dame's, the BYU's, the University of Washington, where we lose games because we're just thinking about the wrong things and yeah. we have to focus. At least the players have to. That's that's the struggle. Yeah. Block
2: out all that noise. So. Exactly. You know the coaches are. They're not thinking about getting replaced, but a lot of the fans are, so that's we get a lot of questions. Well, them, I, you
0: know. I, I think some of the coaches, I think that's in the back of the coach's mind, but I don't okay. think they'll ever admit that. But, uh, you know, it's just – part of the business that we... But they the coaches will never admit that. But, no. I mean, you know, they're worried it, it, about they, they're I think worried they're worried about getting replaced. They're worried about it. But, but they're not like coming up with names. No, like no, no. They, no, it. no, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. They're not yelling Urban's name. Who would be good to Urban's replace him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not yelling Urban's name when he's doing the pregame show before uh But you're seeing Utah signs. Game. Like, there's tailgates. there's yeah. You know, Urban. It's like all kinds
2: of crazy stuff. Yeah. But... Um, so we'll see. You know, if USC goes on the road and... I mean, uh, you know, go on the road and beat Colorado, comes back and, and beats Oregon probably some of that gets quieted yeah. down but you know lose a game somewhere or play poorly and then you know you'll hear it even more yeah. funny frack and frack, frank in sacramento wrote a couple emails in first he said who are cream K- keaton Kristen, and quincy jaunty and why are they carrying the ball for usc <laughs> and then he said follow up 30 minutes later well i guess i know who keen Kristen is now frank in sacramento well frank glad you got to know him yeah You didn't
0: get to know Quincy as well. You didn't didn't get to know Quincy as well, but uh, here's the thing about Quincy. You need, I was telling uh, Ryan this before we started this show, Uh, any good football team, especially a college football team, you have to have good backup players. They have to be able to come in and maintain the level that either the offense and or the defense is playing at. The thing that was disappointing about Quincy and some of the other young guys who got a chance to play yesterday, they came in and made what, a lot of coaches would call critical errors or critical mistakes. We understand guys getting beaten on some 50 50 balls downfield, which is like a fade ball. If they get somebody mosses them or jumps over them, and catches the ball, that happens. But there's some mental mistakes, there's some types of uh, missed tackles, fumbles that are unforgivable. And you need your young guys to come in, do their job, and just, like I said, maintain that same level of what's going on previously because. That's what makes great football team. And you're seeing it with all the injuries that we're having. Some guys are one play away, two plays away from being in the game. And that's where taking these little things seriously uh, really comes into play. Because what if they're starting in the next game? Or what if, God forbid, somebody gets hurt and they have to finish the second half of a game? We need everybody. And... I just think these guys really need to understand how important this thing is. I don't think anybody goes in trying to make a mistake or embarrass himself, but at the same time, if you don't have the mindset that you could potentially be playing in the game, you might only be going to 80% when they call your Jersey number and you got to go in, Hey, you're going to be nervous. You're going to be thinking, man, could I have done more leading up to this part, it's leading up to this point. And, uh, we really need everybody because, especially going into this late run, last, you know, second half of the season, we don't know what's going to happen.
2: Yeah. Uh, let's go to Trojan the Barber. He had an email. Um, there's, okay. I, I don't know if you've noticed this on, you're not, I know you're not a big social media guy. On the message boards, there's just a lot of fans who they want to win games, but they don't want it to be. See that's why
0: Clay should still be the head coach. The head coach. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I get I get what you're saying. You know they they want to. They don't want to vote against our team. But I, I get what you're going.
2: So, but some of them do actually. But for yeah. the most part, you know. But they're just worried. They want everyone's uh, reaction to wins to be tempered because they're like, wait, whoa, whoa, hold on. That doesn't mean we want to keep Clay yeah. as as well. what. So Jordan the barber said, yes, USC won. Uh, that was a good win at home. I'm still not sold on USC and this coaching staff. Even if we go undefeated, the body of work for Clay Helton being in his fourth year coaching the boys is below average. If it were not for Sam Darnold, it would be worse. I think we lose to Oregon and Arizona State. What do you guys think? Trojan the barber. So, that, that, do
0: you know what? You, I, 100%. Yeah. 100%. What do you think about? what? So, here's, here's what I'll say. And this is nothing against... The I watch a lot of uh, news channels, so I was going to say this is nothing against the current administration. I hear administration a lot. This is nothing against our USC's current administration. But um, I have very high standards for USC football, and I think we are the greatest college football program. Obviously, it's arguable, but I think we're the greatest college football program, and I expect our football team to be competing to play in – the college football playoff every single year. I think that should be the standard. I know going to the Rose Bowl is also the standard, but that's my standard for this USC football team. I think what's happened is, is it's gone down a level. I think there's just been somewhere in the mix of what's gone on the last couple years, guys have kind of lost sight of that. I listened to uh, Brian Kelly for Notre Dame talk to their players for the game while well, on TV I did. And he was saying the only option for them is to come back after the game and sing the fight song. You know, those Notre Dame players know they want to play in uh, the college football playoff this year. Last, I mean, every single year they go out there. And I think for our football team, we're losing sight of that. Um, not that every year we're going to get to be in the college football playoff, but we're USC. We don't, back up for anybody we don't back down to anybody we are who we are and I think we should live up to that and those should be our standards and everybody else is you know they're playing against us we're never playing against them and I I, for some reason I don't feel like that's the attitude and I just would like to see that restored at USC um and I just think it gets lost in the mix somewhere in there I, I don't know if um I think we at some point, something has to change. And yeah. if Coach Helton can't change that, then we need somebody else that could come in and do it.
2: So there's a lot of the fans that we'll see on Twitter or on the message boards, will will they'll say the same sort of thing yeah. in a different way, where when Clay Helton says, hey, we control our own destiny yeah. and all that stuff, it's like, well, this is a three-and-three three team. You don't control your own destiny for the college football yeah. playoff. You could potentially you know go back to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. And a lot of the fans kind of get upset at that yeah but you know from the clay helton point of view he's his i mean he's tr- always trying to be a positive person. he has to be yeah he's, and he's, yeah he and you know that everyone's talking about you know potentially losing your job so you're trying to sell something that's positive and you know the rose bowl is still an attainable yeah. goal and i i get why you would try to sell it but there are a lot of people that get upset and i don't know if you're in that category where like you know, temper that a little bit. Like yeah. you know, hey, we're not happy with where we are. Yeah, if the Rose Bowl is a consolation prize, we're going to do our damndest to make it or something yeah. like that. Like w- instead of like we control our own destiny, almost like that was the original goal. That was goal that's the with. whole
0: point. Yeah, that's the whole point, and that's where um, I think one of the hard things is that you know I think some of the language he used uh, earlier in the season was well, it's an early non-conference game, but yeah. to me. Every game matters. Yes. I don't care who we're playing. I don't care where we're playing them. Every game matters to us because every game is us going out and showing who we are as football players and as a football team and as a university. And Notre Dame game might not matter in terms of the quote unquote Rose Bowl, but it matters in terms of national respect. It matters in terms of bragging rights. It matters in terms of recruiting. Yeah, And you would think as a head coach, I'm, I'm not saying that he doesn't take the game seriously because I know he takes that Notre Dame game seriously. But my point is, when you're a player on the team and your coach is maybe telling you that, hey, we control our own destiny with the Rose Bowl and the Notre Dame game might not necessarily matter, when you get into the game and you get behind, what's the first thing you think? Hey, well, this game doesn't really matter it's because you okay, no can fall deal. back. <laughs> or do you say, hey, what Brian Kelly's telling his team, there's no other option for us. We have to win this game, and we have to push forward because that's all we know. That's what that's what our expectations are as a football program, and you push through. Like the 2005 USC-Notre Dame game where they had to win. Yeah. Bush had to push, push Matt in because they had to win because that was that team versus... Well, you know, we can lose this game and we'll still go to the road No, that wasn't good enough for them. Yeah. So I think that gets you have to have the same standard all the time. I don't care if we're playing Notre Dame or we're playing uh Redondo Beach uh Seahawks. I think yeah. they're Seahawks, something like yeah, that. Very but good. You they know are. what I'm saying? You yeah. know, Kevin Ellison went there, I think. That's why I knew that. Yeah. But um I that's that's one of the issues that I have and it's bothered me for a while. That the after I remember being in the press room after the Washington game. Yeah
2: and that and that's what a lot of the talk was where you're trying to be and i just felt like you don't always who cares like a yeah. lot of time what coaches say but that really sort of i'm like man the fans are not going to like yeah. this cuz it was almost like you were overlooking Notre Dame and talking about winning the Pac-12 South it's exactly. like dude you got Notre Dame after you got that. Notre Dame
0: and you got to look at recruits five star recruits those kids want to go to schools where they're going to play you know high profile games on tv Rank, you know, they want to have single-digit uh, rankings next to the universities that they go to. Those games matter. I understand in the concept of the players that are currently on the team and things that you can control. Maybe it doesn't matter, but to me, it's all it's all correlates with each other, and everything is kind of intertwined in a sense that it's all just part of the same mentality and the mindset. I think as an entire football program. Taylor, you kind of seem like you have like a
2: drier sense of humor. Like there's a, you know, like there's. I think it you're, depends. You're a funny guy. There's but I think you, someone that can appreciate sarcasm. Um, yeah. This Why, voicemail is oozing uh, sarcasm. Is this Jeremiah so, from Snake. No, this Snake. is not Jeremiah, but this is along the same lines of the last email. It's another fan that's concerned about, but anyway, I'll let you play it and uh, I'll let you listen to it. Here you go.
1: Hey, Ryan and company. This is Don in Chicago. Uh, calling after the Arizona game, just a gigantic, huge, huge win for the program. You know, I think we're now back in the national championship conversation, and I just think people need to get off Helton's back. I mean, he's now among the greats. You can talk about him with Lou Saban and Urban Meyer and Pete Carroll very... and all those naysayers, you know. The fact that we've USC's had a losing record the past two seasons and, all these four- and five-star recruits and no tackling in practice. Um, I mean, come on. Give the guy a break. Um, so, anyways, uh, forget them. This is a special team. We are going to win the mighty Pac-12 South. And I just got to say, Alabama and Clemson, watch out. So, fight on them.
0: Yeah, lots of sarcasm. Oh, I gotcha. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. I know. I was thinking at first, and then I was like, "Oh, okay, I gotcha. I get why you gave why you prefaced it with what you gave me." College football teams have their ups and downs. I get that, Um, but you know, I swear, at some point, it's just what do you do? Yeah, what what do you do as a college football program? Do you, you know, do you? Yeah, I can't say it.
2: Go ahead. Never <laughs> well, mind. Well, I think it's it's tough because I know there's just fans out there that are so focused on, we need to get rid of Clay Helton. That all, that's all that matters. Yeah. And I just wish, I mean, and, and a lot of people just enjoy the games and they yeah. they want to win. doesn't matter. But there's some that don't. And I wish they could. Um, you know, especially people are like hoping that Notre Dame blew USC out. It's like, dude, you can still get yeah. what you want and
0: beat Notre what Dame. You want. Yeah, it's, it's like, there's like a... I don't know. It's just – It's it's, it's a weird thing. Like, it's it's like a – I get where the fans are coming from in that sense, but then at the same time, you should feel guilty wanting your team. And the thing is, is I don't want any of our – I want the best for our current players because the current players that we – like a guy like uh, Michael Pittman, he doesn't deserve any – you know, I don't want anything bad to happen no. to somebody like that. The kid works hard. He's a great kid. He's a great player. We don't want anything bad to happen to him. We want him to be able to achieve all of his goals. So that's that's the hard part that you get alongside with, I don't know, maybe wishing bad in a sense for the team. But I think things will just play out the way that they play out. And I actually have always thought that it's just better to – keep the team as intact as you can until there is a big decision to be made. Because I I think, you know, the more speculation there is, it just until the final decision comes, it just makes it harder for the team because you don't, when there's uncertainty, it just, it kind of loosens up the cohesiveness of the core of the team. And like we were talking about the mental, the uh, psychological, all that. Those factors of a football team and players, those things matter, right? And if there's just a lot of question marks, it just creates more issues within the team. Just my opinion. We have a
2: long email from Brennan from Colorado. Holy crap, Brennan! Uh, I haven't read through this yet, so I'll start reading. If I if we get bored, we'll stop. But uh, we'll see. Uh, so this is a question observation for coach. But it's actually he means Taylor Mays. I am me. a coach. Yeah. Uh, as these years go on with Coach Helton, I find myself watching more and more highlights of the Pete Carroll Trojans. I grew up during the Pete years watching them dominate, and something I've seen throughout these highlights and uh, slash games, he says, one, so he has like six points here, you don't see Pete's coaches, players on the sidelines acting like fools, running around Thank on the you. field for plays Sorry. or turnovers. Thank overs. you. Oh, yeah, okay. So you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. It seems like on a first down play, their coaching staff can't control their men or themselves and look undisciplined. You yep. see 100%. All right. So you're, you're on board with Brennan so far. Two, Pete's coaches are all wearing the same attire for the, uh, the exception that some may have hats. Uh, how can you expect Helton to control a team when he can't even have a standard for his coaches? That's a very much, that's a Coach Harvey
0: Hyde thing. He likes everyone to be wearing the same stuff. Yeah, I stuff. can get that. Do you care about that or no? I mean, it. it I think it just depends on the team. I, I think there's some sideline rules that people on the sideline have to be wearing certain stuff. I don't know if that's a Pac-12 rule, an NCAA rule, or a university rule. But there are certain rules that have to be followed. However, I don't know. I get what he's saying. Yeah. Um. I think that's a secondary thing. I think we have to look at the primary things and then those kind of, like the trickle effect. And then it leads to this second question. And so it's kind of makes sense. It's like in order You're talking about first things and then how that leads to attire, apparel, things like that. All right. What's well, the third one?
2: It's number three. The defenses were absolutely amazing. And one thing that's amazing about them is that even if they do miss a tackle, there's another guy right yep. there to secure that tackle if needed. Why can't that be something this defense can do?
0: What do uh, you want me to answer right now? Uh, sure, whatever. Oh yeah. well, I was I wanted to answer number one from the beginning, oh, but I'm I was sorry. letting you read the I was oh. letting you read the whole thing. Well, let's go, okay, let's go back. Uh, we'll go. so number one, he was talking about the players and running around like fools. Okay, so here's my thing, and this is one of the reasons why, and we've talked about this before. This is one of the reasons why I do not like social media. I see. I'm, I'll now try to go fast. What I'm saying. <laughs> You see a lot of young guys, high school players, college players, uh, post videos of themselves, kind of pumping themselves up, gassing themselves up uh, on social media. And I just, I never really agreed with that. I think it's kind of a weird thing to do. The, In my opinion, great players don't have to post videos of themselves because other people are going to post videos of the great players. Okay. And I think now we we're in this society now where people love to just get immediate attention for themselves and they haven't necessarily earned it. I see our guy I see guys at other universities doing the same Miami with the I think it's the turnover chain our yeah. guys with that sword just things that and it's not that I'm against new things the problem I have with it is is that I feel like it's not earned I feel like our players at our university are trying to have in a I don't like the word swagger but they're trying to have this quote-unquote swagger swag and do these things but they haven't put in the work to earn that you know the the not not the chance to be able to do it but you can't do that and be three and three Talk, you know, yeah. like celebrating the way that we celebrate. And I'm not an old school player. I'm not like one of these don't have fun and tuck your shirt in and just kind of be an okie doke, whatever, <laughs> you know, kind of guy. I'm not that. But to me, you got to earn it and then improve it and then continue proving it every single time you step on the field. And then you kind of, in my opinion, develop your own. Identity as a football team, as an offense, as a defense, and then small things can come out like not, but we don't have a turnover chain, but just little things and little handshakes and. But you got to be winning to do that. When I was in school, if we weren't winning in the Pete Carroll era, if we weren't winning, we wouldn't have been allowed allowed to do any of the stuff that we were doing. We were allowed to do it because we were winning. Because we had built that base, that gotcha. foundation. Yeah. I don't think our players have built that foundation, but they're trying to do all these cool things that they see some NFL players or other universities doing. But we haven't put in the work. The university has the credit, but the players on the team, they don't have the credibility. And they need to get the credibility first before they're doing these things. That's yeah. that that's the problem that i have. What about the uh the tackling, the the gang tackling? Well, gang tackling is the biggest one because he, the, and that's another thing that leads to the idea of when the ball's thrown, you need everybody running to it. And it's very hard to do. Of course you get tired. It's just but Somebody, we could walk outside, and there could be kids playing flag football, and the ball's thrown. We're gonna, well, I'm gonna start running to it. I don't know if you're gonna start running to it, but I'm gonna start running to it because it's just, I guess it's just ingrained in me. There's just like a, a stick of dynamite. Okay, the fuse is lit, and then once it blows, I'm going. That's right when the quarterback's throwing the ball, and then I'm going to the ball carrier. And I think our guys have to have that same mentality where, hey. We got to just run to the ball. That's the most intimidating thing that a defense can do and that an offense can see is on film. They're watching and they see just humongous beings just running full speed and trying to physically intimidate the ball carrier, just boom, 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 boom. And if we didn't run to the ball back then on those teams, we wouldn't have been able to play. He wouldn't let us – it just – that was the standard that we had Back then, that's the standard that a lot of great teams, excuse me, great defenses have, and I think that got lost in the translation somewhere with this team because I don't see them doing it to the consistent level that not just our team, but just great defenses in general do, and that's not a talent thing, that's all effort. All right. Brendan, uh, you got, we, we answered about half a year, so that's a little too long for an email. So
2: post those on the message board. But the we'll first
0: question on. I think was very important because yeah. I think it really show I think it, I, I think the first question was one of the most important things about this football team that needs to be changed. Not that they can't have fun, but you got to earn the right to be able to do a lot of things a lot of these quote unquote extracurricular things. And you have, you have to earn those rights. And I don't know if our guys have earned. those. So that's yeah, all I got to say. That makes
2: sense. Yeah. Three and three. You don't want to see a lot of yeah. stuff. This is from David and Berkeley. Uh, hi, Ryan and coach Oh, Berkeley. Yeah. Berkeley. Hi, Ryan and coach and Taylor. Uh, to what extent do you think the flood of injuries this year and last is a product of not playing at full speed and doing live tackling in practice? That's a a
0: hard one because how do you, when I see some of, so from a, uh, well, I'm not a medical, I don't have any medical degrees or anything like that. But in my opinion, when you see a lot of our injuries, if you see guys getting, what would they call it, soft tissue injuries, Mm -hmm. like a pulled hamstring, maybe guys hurting their knee, but non-contact injuries, I could think that maybe some of those come from things that could be controlled things in the weight room, things, uh, maybe uh, imbalances and muscles, things that you could do in the offseason to strengthen joints. But I feel like our injuries are a little bit of a mix of both. And it's hard because I don't want to challenge any of our players on the team and say, hey, I know guys that have played with this injury. I know guys that have played with that injury. They've never – I know grown men that have cried because – the doctor said that they can't play in the game yeah. and they'll sit there and cry because they'll do literally everything they can to be able to play in the game because they're so scared of losing their spot or letting their team down. And so I think it's kind of a balance of a couple of those. I think we've had some unfortunate luck this season. And at the same time, I think some of it is just the attitude and mindset. I'm 100% with going full, not full speed. I don't want like our running backs getting cut or our, defensive linemen getting cut at practice. But I think you can go at a high level at practice, especially where the, when it comes to the line of scrimmage, and still be safe. I would do it all the time. Yeah. I think especially, and here's the main the key point, college is not the NFL. So a lot of these players still need to learn and get a feeling of what it feels like to work hard and to play fast and to practice fast but to practice at the same time efficiently. If you have a lot of young guys who are coming straight from high school where they don't work hard in high school, they think they work hard, but they don't work hard <laughs> in no. high school. Yeah. You know, the the speed of the game is a lot slower. They get into USC, and they have a somewhat of a watered-down training camp. You get into the season, and it's almost like we're an NFL team. But the difference is is... NFL players know how to practice. They know how to get their bodies and their minds into the physical and mental state to be able to practice efficiently and then have it transfer over into being able to play still at a high level. I don't think uh, college football players are ready for that yet. I still think we're talking about building the base. I think college football players, our guys, have to build that base first, especially with the amount of young guys that we have playing. So I'm 100% with, maybe not full speed tackling drills, because I think you still have to try and take care of your players, but I remember in college, we would do nine on seven throughout the entire season, and it would be very, very physical, and that never stopped. Yeah, Maybe the later periods in practice would slow down a little bit, but nine on seven was always that one time in practice, throughout the entire season where it was very physical. Nobody got hurt. Very physical. We might not have wrapped up and took the running back to the ground on purpose, but um, we were hitting fullbacks. We're hitting linebackers. D-line, you know, hit real fast, okay, and then get off the block. But just so you can get that punch and that feeling, yeah. I think that is very important for an offense and a defense, an entire football team.
2: All right. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll come right back. We got uh, another voicemail and some more emails and stuff back in a minute. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle podcast. We got a voicemail for you, Taylor. Here you go.
1: Hi, right, Curtis from Moreno
2: Valley. Just heard that Clay
1: Helton, uh, tapped into the Ravens for some defensive ideas on how to take away a running quarterback. So now we'll never have a problem with a running quarterback. We'll always run that same kind of defense because even with third stringers, we got a lot of four stars. And our three stars are pretty good, like Keenan Christian. A three star, are you kidding me, who can go the distance at any time? Maybe the fastest football player in college football right now at tailback (laughs) with our receivers? Oh, my goodness. I think everybody's in trouble. Curtis from Moreno Valley.
2: And if you don't – so what he's referring to is after the game, Clay Helton talked about – Clancy Pendergast to deal with Khalil Tate. They actually looked at a lot of uh, NFL film against mobile quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson, and they kind of used some of those uh, strategies. So I think they had the defensive line doing some twists and stuff yeah. to try to like contain him, and they did a really good job. I mean, they sacked him six times, yeah, and uh, it was kind of kind of
0: crazy. Yeah, they got after him, and it's hard because there's the part of football where guys just have to do their job, and then there's the uh, schematic part of football where there's strategy and you do certain things, move guys around, move the D-line, move the linebackers, put pressure on the quarterback, but then kind of keep them contained and uh, you know, we're criticizing this Arizona team, but at the same time, we still do have to give our guys credit because they did a lot of things right last night, especially in our front seven just looked better than we've seen in the past and they really did contain Khalil Tate and Khalil struggled but at the same time he's still a very explosive player and you have to still show up and play he's not just gonna just just because he struggled somewhat as of late doesn't necessarily mean that you know we're just gonna immediately shut him down so we still have to give credit to our guys that uh they did pretty well containing him yesterday yeah, I think they did a nice job with that. Kurt,
2: yeah, Curtis is a, is more of an optimist caller. Yeah. So thanks, uh, thanks Curtis, for that call. Let's go to Ray in Florida. He says, uh, Coach Hyde or Taylor Mays, uh, how does this coaching staff Barry Keaton, Kristen at the bottom of the depth chart? This kid is faster than Reggie Bush. They didn't use Marquis Step in the first few games. Why? They left the new they left the new Thunder and Lightning sitting on the bench. You always say you need to get your best players on the field. Just another example of the stubbornness of the coaching staff. That being said, the team played great. Fight on, Ray and Florida. And I don't know. I mean, Ray, I, I think there's reasons why you know you had three good running backs in there. I don't have an issue with them not playing them. It does seem like what they did—they were trying to preserve his his red shirt there. You get a bunch of injuries, but they 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 like him. They got a lot of confidence in them, and uh, you know you saw it there.
0: Well, there's a couple of things that happen, especially with a true freshman running back, and I think this is something that a lot of fans don't realize, but running backs have to pass protect also. yeah. And that's something that I think just really gets overlooked. And you put a running back in the game, and he doesn't know the pass protections. It can hurt your quarterback, get sack, miss sack, fumble. He's injured. We've seen it, quarterbacks go down already this season yeah. off of uh, bad plays in pass protection. Uh obviously we could put him in in, like I was saying, in a certain package and just use him offensively. But there is a not all some running backs are just explosive running backs and they can't pass protect at all. But at the same time, there's a certain level that I think the coaches need to feel comfortable with to be able to put him in the game. And I think he's kind of working towards that. That that would be where I would think that obviously we know he's athletic, we know he can run. I would love to see him get matched up against a linebacker and just expose the line. I think that's something that USC fans will be able to look forward to in the future. Yeah, him being used that way, but at the same time, he's got to be able to pass pro as a running back. Yeah. He's not a big guy. You get a big uh, defensive lineman coming off the end. You know, he's gonna have to cut something like that, and that would be where I would think there's a little bit of a gap that he needs to work to close yeah. yeah
2: that makes sense uh but yeah i'm not gonna be too critical that they didn't play him yeah.
0: but some people are kind of looking
2: for reasons to be critical so yeah uh this is from our sergeant rodney strong in fort lewis washington uh thanks sergeant strong for your service my dad used to live in fort lewis really yeah
0: for Lo- a uh, uh right uh what is that south of tacoma yeah fort yes, Lewis. That is? yeah oh
2: um, sergeant strong let's see if you uh, happen to know taylor's dad <laughs> he says podcast crew Uh, It was a good win for our boys. I was impressed with this team, and I'm really looking forward to see how this team plays next season under new leadership. Sure, it was against an Arizona team that played nobody all season long. They did beat Texas Tech. They're decent. They did. Um, But you can definitely see the talent. My question is mainly for Coach Hyde or Taylor Mays. In the post-game interview with Clay Hilton, uh, he said that the coaches watch film of the defenses in the NFL to see how they handle a mobile quarterback. To me, that's a little off, because when you are getting paid six to seven figures to coach a team... You should know what to do without copying anyone else. This is USC; we set the standard, not follow someone else's standard. I thought, anyways, love to get your thoughts. Uh, thanks and
0: fight on from uh, Sergeant Strong. I do agree with "This is USC; we set standard." I will say this: and uh, college coaches, you know, good college coaches—they want to be great college coaches. They do things like, okay, wh- what's going on in the NFL? What are they doing? you know the nfl coaches are regarded as the pinnacle i guess of football coaching right. so you would do something like that now i can understand where if they're consulting with nfl coaches during the middle of the season that could be a little weird because cons- you know looking at nfl film i think it's something that would be done primarily in the off season not on a week to week basis yeah hey, that we is, gotta that's a little strange go again. up the chain to Check out what they're doing in the NFL. So that that's where I would question, you know, is this something that was done in the off season, or is it something that's done, you know, just this past week? And But college coaches do that. Even NFL coaches will look at college film at the same time and just, just – because that's how you learn. you just yeah. kind of looking around and seeing what's going on. You can – coaches spend so much time watching film, you know, and it, it's just part of the game. Doing little things like that.
2: Yeah, I got no issues if you're going to learn from other coaches yeah. and stuff. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, everyone does that. You're yeah, copying you other to. people and you stuff. you have to. Uh, we got a couple more for you. Jack uh, from New Jersey, uh, this is about injuries. Uh, the growing number of injuries may very well be due to how Clay Helton tries to protect his players. In medicine, there's a concept known as Wolf's Law. Simply stated, bone strength strengthens when stress is applied. If there is little to no contact and practice, then there is little to no, quote, strengthening of bones and possibly other soft tissues in these athletes. We are all concerned about concussions, but a good coach must know how to manage the fine line of protecting the head and strengthening the body. Obviously, Coach Helton has not caught on. Uh, Jack from New Jersey. I mean, that. I think that's tough. Like, it's, it's tough. so hard to know it about injuries. Like It is it's tough. I, it very well. I mean, it could be what the head coach does it could be what the strength and conditioning coach does or or but it's not it can't be across the board weird things happen freak things happen yeah i, I it's just hard to be critical of like oh do you got a lot of injuries yeah that's your fault yeah
0: you know, i i don't know i the injury part is hard and i i like uh what he's saying about some of it can be i'm not almost in a sense like if if you if you were just a warrior and you were just getting hit all the time, and you're just gonna have a mental shield like a physical shield and kind of continue pushing forward through it, and I think some of that stuff is relevant to football, but at the same time, it's very difficult because how can you criticize an injury if yeah. an injury exists? You know what I mean? And that's just kind of where I'm thinking. Okay, well. Like we don't want our guys to necessarily get beat up in practice, but we want them to almost at the same time develop like a a callus on their hand where, you know, they're rough and rugged to certain small or soft tissue injuries so they can kind of be able to push through it rather than just the first scratch that comes on a Ferrari ruins the car. We (laughs) want to be kind of like a four-wheel drive Humvee or something like that where we can catch a dent and it doesn't really do anything to the mainframe of the card. Car could car still keep going and, and pushing through. Um, so I think it it really goes both ways. Yeah, interesting.
2: It was funny. I played uh, – some friends were in town for homecoming that I went to yeah. college with, and uh, we had both played like club volleyball at USC, and she used to play like kind of AVP club flyers. She was a good beach player. Yeah. She had kids. She hadn't played in like five years, and we were just – Pepper in the ball, you know, you're passing the ball yeah. with your forearms. And if you haven't played for a while, she's like, Oh, it, it's hurting. It, it's yeah.
0: crazy. Yeah. But it doesn't think you don't think about it. So I'll okay. tell you this. Can I can I say this real quick? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you this. Uh there was always in the beginning of training and so this might make sense uh going towards uh, what was it? going towards his uh question. This might make sense. During the first week of training camp, I would always have a ton of bruises on my shoulders uh-huh. from tackling. And it would last for about a week. And then I would never have them for the rest of the season. It was the weird, like, it would happen for the first week. Every training camp, college or the NFL, always would be bruises on my arms. And then after that, they never came back throughout the entire season. So it almost makes sense in kind of that thing. Once you get past that initial pain and it's like a training camp soreness and all that, then you kind of just continue to push through it and have. So it, it... i have kind of become more of a believer of that question is, more, more we talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm
2: sure there's. A, so you're not going to prevent everything. No, Everyone's, no, they, no, no. They have all kinds of millions of dollars of doctors or whatever yeah. in the NFL. Guys get hurt every yeah. day, all the time. Um, they've they've backed off the practices and stuff. You just want to give yourself, your teammates, your, your your the players that you're under your watch the best chance. Yeah, to be successful football players, but also do it in a safe way and efficiently you do, yeah you do get the feeling that sometimes like the tackling is happening in games and then you you know you have to kind of ramp up to yeah uh you know the the game Where you want the the practice to be able to help you get there and i think that's where some of the yeah criticisms are. but now you know coach uh chad you know chad k said that they had an extra period of of tack working on tackling they're trying to you know so they i think they've made some changes to try to do yeah. some some things but you know, you're ha- more than halfway through the season now. You're wondering, like, well, why didn't you do that? Why didn't we do it in
0: the beginning? Yeah. And it should. that's what we're talking about, the baseline. It's got to be a baseline as a football player. Yeah, And then you kind of work to maintain that. Can't right. just dig deeper halfway through the season.
2: All right, we got one last one from Glenn. He's a loyal listener. He says, uh, hi, Coach and Taylor. Uh, after watching SC linebackers struggle all season being out of position, or missing tackles and the defensive line not putting up a consistent pass rush that gets there in time. I can't believe they don't try lining up Palier no Teote on the edge and let him come upfield like a bat out of hell to wreak havoc. A la Junior Seau or Clay Matthews. I think they're wasting his athletic ability, playing him five yards off the ball, covering grass. Hopefully Pendergast listens to your podcast. Loyal listener, fight on from Glenn. And there's definitely been, you know, him being a more of an inside guy seems a little different, but I don't know do you have any thoughts on i that? don't
0: I've never so honestly, I have never thought of him as a outside pass rusher. not that he can't, but my favorite thing about e a is that he gets downhill. He's the most physical player that I've seen on his defense, and he is really the only player besides Talanoa that just reminds me of well. Maybe not the only. But he's the only one that consistently gets downhill and yeah. tries to put his shoulder and helmet through the blocker or the ball. I mean, he does it all the time. And I think you. He reminds me of Ray Maluga in that sense because Ray was awesome getting <laughs> downhill and just hitting anything that moved. And the problem is that when you put a guy on the outside, they have to play in a little bit more space. Not that when you play in Mike linebacker, you got to play in space as well. But when you get on the outside you're talking about pass rush moves. Maybe he would be good to throw in there because we've had some problems on the edge trying to be able to contain. And I think that EA would be the one person who would, if there was like a power or some type of counter pull, he'll run in there and turn back the yeah. ball carrier. Uh, but I just think he's better inside because he's uh, in between the tackles, middle linebacker. And I think it, it really counts for our guys on the outside. They need to look at what he's doing on film and then try and do the same. I think that would be better for our defense.
2: I kind of like I liked them in the middle, yeah. and they moved him. You know, they put him at the will. I guess he's at the will, and yeah. uh, they have um, John Houston in the middle. Yeah. And a lot of people say he's kind of undersized for that or yeah. whatever. But I I, I thought he would be better. You know, as a as more middle like a Ray Malaluka yeah. kind of guy, which you like because he's just hitting everybody, and you that's what well, you that's like what I
0: like. So I you can to me you can make mistakes. You know, I'm, I'm a lot more forgiving of certain things. If you blow the person up, if you get downhill. And I think that, you know, it just, it just sets a tone for the defense. I think that is important for a defense to be physical. And we were talking, one of the questions earlier was about guys gang tackling and running to the ball. And when you have a bunch of guys that are running full speed into the ball carrier, your defense is going to be all right. The majority of the time. And I, it, you know, John Houston is a little bit undersized, but he's supposed to be athletic and quick and fast. So it just kind of, that's, there's a ton of undersized middle linebackers who are quick and fast, who are all pro. Yeah. You know, all them. I mean, it's, so we have the, we have the potential with the linebackers. They just need to be a little bit more consistent in what they're doing. All right. Taylor Mays, former USC All-American has been doing
2: uh, great work here. I think, you know, the last couple of months we've, You've seen him on some of our shows or or you know videos or podcasts and doing awesome work Taylor so hopefully this has We're been working fun on for you. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. He doesn't like on. to talk about himself too much but No, I,
0: well that's what I'm saying. You got to you got to earn the something and then you got to keep proving it. So Yeah.
2: Well, we I think you're doing a great job. So thanks. I do appreciate you coming in and uh pinch hitting for uh for Coach Hyde. So yeah, uh You
0: know, you got to do what you got to do.
2: Yeah good stuff so we'll uh thanks so much everyone for listening yeah we went a little over an hour pretty good lots of great questions uh thanks for sending those in hope you guys enjoy the short week and if you're making the trip to colorado have fun there we're gonna have a whole crew out there uh in boulder so should be fun interesting probably pretty damn ass cold it'll it'll be
0: interesting for us yeah
2: so we'll see about that but that's taylor mays i'm ryan abraham thanks so much for tuning in to the peristyle podcast and we will talk to you next time